He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, not a sunny day today, but remember, I never intend to say that it's going to be sunny day outside. We want to bring sunshine into your life. That's what Bob Slaughter and I try and do every weekday from 7 to 10 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Today, a foggy day outside. Dense fog advisory, in effect. Till the end of this hour, technically, uh, going to be a rainy day, high around 56. We actually went above that already. Uh, right now, we're at 56 at the airport, 55 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, and 55 here at the Watchdog Radio Network studios. Coming up in a minute or two, Ann Witzel is going to join us, professor of political science at Miami University, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the trend, and it's a trend now. We see it in Ohio, but it is elsewhere as well in the country. Voters go to the ballot box. Voters say, we can't get our elected officials to pass legislation we want, so we will go to the ballot box, and we ourselves will vote this into effect. We saw it in Ohio with the issues one and two this past year. And then across the country, the legislators are going, well, we don't like that. I don't care that you, the voters, said you wanted to do that. We're going to... Uh, uh, we're going to try and modify things, change things, or even just totally obviate the vote that you made. We'll talk to Ann Witzel about that coming up a little bit later on this morning. We spent a good bit of time in the last, well, not as much as I wanted to, nor as some of you wanted me to, uh, on the homeless camps here in the city of Wheeling. Uh, I have heard from several of the adv- homeless folk, homeless uh, advocacy people now. Uh, we'll try and put together some guests to talk about this uh, if not tomorrow, because tomorrow's our uh, busy day, Friday, we'll do, try and do it on Monday. Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open. We just got done talking to uh, uh, Dr. Mike Kempsey from uh, Wheeling Hospital, WVU Medicine, and their cardiac care department. Uh, Howard, I had a quadruple bypass done at Wheeling Hospital, and they saved my life. Second saving of my life that we heard this morning here. Big thank you to everyone that helped from start to finish. Special thanks to Dr. Campsey. He was great. That's the second uh, person who this morning who said their life was saved by the cardiac care unit at WVU. You Medicine. know, you and I, we get thanked a lot, Howard, but not thank you yeah, for saving not, our life. That, not, that's got to be like great. That. No, no. Way yeah, to go, Doc. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, let's see. Frio Stack, Auction Service text line 304-214-1600. Howard, eat that sandwich. Wolf it down, Howard. <laughs> eat that Put a little salt on there. <laughs> eat that sandwich. You'll be okay. Let's see. What else have we got here? Um... This is the homeless thing, and I'm not sure I'm understanding what they're saying. Let me give it a try. Oversimplification. Wouldn't I be housed? ID, felony, sex offender, unpaid bill from previous housing. Agencies have offered professional recommendations from years of experience with this population. I'm going to... Oh, oh, oh okay. This is someone involved in the community, the homeless advocacy community, uh, so they can't call in. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, one of the problems that I've been noticing a lot on social media is people don't understand what who the homeless population really is now i also talked to someone yesterday who said the homeless population has changed a lot it's not the homeless population that we remember from days gone by uh, and again we'll get into this more when i have more time howard rooms at windsor manor are 25 dollars a month okay 
That's, that's subsidized, I assume. Again, I know that there was a uh, guy who lives at Windsor Manor, but who had been homeless, who talked to Wheeling Council recently, and he goes, hey, stop talking about the homeless people like we're some kind of bad people. I finally got a house. I finally, I'm here. Don't do that. Nobody said bad. Uh, let's see. Yes, another one, Howard. Eat that sandwich. <laughs> Have another one, Howard. <laughs> disregard, just disregard what the, uh, what the doctor said and eat that sandwich. Is that my guest? It is. It's right, Let me finish up here with the text, and we'll take a quick break. Uh, let's see. Good morning. Oh, it's got to be Abe. Good morning, Mr. Monroe. Uh, from today's Wall Street Journal. Donald Trump's political opponents had hoped his legal difficulties would torpedo his third run for the presidency, but a knockout blow before the election is looking increasingly unlikely. Um, Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't see anything that prevents that. I think that there's still a shot, that a reasonably good shot, that he'll end up being convicted of some of the stuff before the election or before he takes office if he wins the election. Uh, but again, he can take he, the fact that he's convicted doesn't mean he can't take office. We talked about it so much yesterday. That I, I think there's only one chance, and that's the Supreme Court. You guys are a great team. Hey, that's us. Hey, thank you. Keep up for the good fight for the truth about Trump. All right. Thank you very much. And finally, um, <laughs> Howard, fat is good for the heart. <laughs> I don't think that's a doctor, Howard. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's Doctor Campsey's physician's assistant. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. So this person says uh, fat is good for the heart. Sugar is what's bad for you. All right. Hey, speaking of sugar, you got any Pepsi around? I'll get you one. <laughs> Nine fifteen. We have talked about this a good bit. I want to get to uh, Ann Witzel coming up next because we saw it in Ohio. We are seeing it in Ohio. The voters say, look, we're going to bypass the legislature. We're going we're gonna to make sure the things we want to get done get done by voting them in ourselves. And when they do, the legislature say, eh, not really. We're the bosses. We'll talk about that coming up next. Watchdog Morning Show. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. How tough are you? It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest. Co-sponsored by WTOV9, Eagle 107.5, Wheeling, Ohio County, CBB, Thomas Auto Centers, The World Gym, Jill's Gentleman's Club, A Class Act, ICR Equipment Rental, Sales and Supply, and Honda Direct Line. Coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. If you think you're tough enough and willing to get in the ring and prove it, sign up to fight at WBToughman.com. Ladies, if you want to be a ring girl and strut your stuff in the ring, sign up at WVToughman.com. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at the West Banco Arena box office or online at WestBancoArena.com. It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. Planning to stay in Wheeling, Tough Man Weekend? The Wheeling, Ohio County CVB is offering special hotel rates for Tough Man fighters, ring girls, and fans. For details, visit WVToughman.com. Get your tickets today and tough it out. Weekends are made for sports, and Saturday mornings are all sports here on the Watchdog, West Virginia football scoreboard.
Ohio Sports Magazine. The good old boys on sports with Bear and Bob at 8 with your calls. And complete coverage of the NFL, college, and local high school action on the Paul Harris Law Office Sports Huddle from 9 to noon. Saturday morning sports from the Ohio Valley's leader in live and local sports coverage. The Watchdog. The Watchdog. Are you traveling? Working a little bit too much? Is your fur baby starting to get a little shaggy? Let Dirty Paws be your one-stop shop for all of your pet care needs. Stop in and see us at 202 18th Street or give us a call at 304-639-7754 to schedule your appointments for dog grooming, doggy daycare, and dog boarding today. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Bob Slider credit. Every Thursday, of course, is uh, country uh, music, bumper music. We always play country music for our bumpers. And today, Bob's mixed in the country music with the sort of the rain theme. A little rain, Howard. So we got, uh, we got rainy country music this morning because we do have a rainy day outside, a foggy, rainy day. Fog should dissipate in the next hour or so, but the rain stays with us all day long. Daytime high around 56. That's where we are right now. Rain every day this week. Um, I haven't seen any alerts yet for flooding, but I think it's something we're probably going to start watching about uh, with the amount of rain coming down and also snow melt from last weekend. So we'll keep an eye on that for you as time goes by. 56 at the airport, 55 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, and 55 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. We have talked a lot on this show, and Bob, you have been outraged a bit by what happens in Ohio when voters with Issues 1 and Issue 2 this year Felt great success getting these ballot initiatives passed, the abortion issue and the uh, legalizing marijuana issue. Felt like they had uh, really finally succeeded in getting something done. And already, in both of those cases, the legislature is trying to tinker with them at the very least. Ann Weitzel is with us, who is a political science professor at Miami University, um, and has taken a look at this. Uh, Professor, good morning. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I, I, I this is happening. We've, we're watching this happen in Ohio. I mean, we are literally watching that as we speak. Um, and I want to get mm-hmm. to Ohio specifically in a minute. But as you looked around the country, Ohio is not alone in uh, elected officials trying to override the will of the people at the ballot box, right? Right. So uh, about half the states in the country allow for some type of ballot initiative. Uh, and in a lot of those states, uh, both, I think it's important to note, both Democratic-controlled and Republican-controlled states, uh, you see both the legislature and governors uh, either trying to amend or kind of completely reverse what the voters have done. What's the philosophy that they present? I mean, is it is it just that, hey, we know better or, or what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the basic argument, right, is that um, they're the experts. Right. And the voters um, might be uninformed when they vote. One of the, the primary concerns uh, about ballot initiatives is that voters might be swayed by outside interests, um, that there might be a lot of 
you know, ads that kind of influence the way people vote and they might not be really informed about the issue. Right? And so legislators often feel like the, the outcome of that might not be the result of people you know, actually thinking through the issue, uh, but might, you know, again, be the result of very uh, you know, persuasive campaigns. If I was arguing that issue, though, I would say the same thing is probably true with any general with any election. You know, uh, oh, yeah. in a in a in elected electing someone to office, outside forces often are involved. A huge amount of that third party money comes in. Uh, oftentimes, uh, people don't really know who they're voting for because the ads misrepresent. So that what their argument about the ballot initiatives may, although I would suggest people have a better understanding of ballot initiatives than they do sometimes the candidates, it may be true, but it is no more true than the same thing is true for a general election. At least that would be my argument. Right, and actually my argument as a political scientist is that uh, the influence of groups lobbying uh, on ballot initiatives is just as great, it's probably even greater, on legislators. Right. So we often think about you know, legislators should know what they're passing, but often what we see is that it's lobbyists who write the bills and the legislators then just pass it. So you know, for them to say, oh, well, we know better, that's not always the case. What amazed me in Ohio was with both of the issues, and I my time frame might be off because I'm now looking back a month or so, but... It was like within a matter of days, we were hearing legislators saying, we have to change these laws. We have to we have to revise what the people did. Didn't even give it time to sort of marinate in their minds. They just immediately began to, to tinker with them. Yeah, that was what surprised me as well, was that it was, I feel like it might have been you know, the day after the election mm-hmm. um, you know, with issue one, there were um, you know, state legislators who came out and said, like, well, you know, this isn't valid, right, or we're just going to ignore this, um, which I don't, in the other examples, you know, that I looked at around the country, I don't think there's ever been something that was, you know, quite so quick. Um, that that was kind of surprising to me. Is legalizing marijuana one of those issues that uh, that, that this tends to occur with, um, that voters pass an initiative to legalize marijuana? And then the legislatures get in and say they ought, at the very least, tinker with it, revise it, if not uh, completely get rid of it. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, legalizing marijuana through ballot initiative has been very popular. Um, the The main problem with that is that obviously marijuana is illegal at the federal level. So the state legislature, you know, may have issues with that because you have to think about how this interacts with federal law. Um, But that's kind of where we've seen most of the movement on uh, marijuana policy is through ballot initiatives. It's not through the legislature. So um, it's been pretty successful. Well, I'm I'm speculating a little bit here, although I think we're seeing this in, in West Virginia a bit. Uh, isn't that isn't the reason they go to a ballot initiative because legislators are just too recalcitrant to to want to legalize marijuana? That's a that's a broad statement and mm-hmm. that may not be true everywhere all the time. But uh, isn't that the reason they go to a ballot initiative because they can't get the elected officials to do to to bring the issue forward? Right. Yeah. So typically, 
uh, what we see is that the ballot initiatives are on issues where the public is kind of out ahead of the legislatures when it comes to changing public opinion. It's so uh, legalizing marijuana is a great example of this, but also recognizing same-sex marriage is another example of yeah. this. Yeah. Ten years ago, I guess, 20 years ago, uh, started. Um, so what you tend to see is where the public has already started moving on an issue, Right. And the policymakers are you know, kind of lagging behind and the public is ready to go, but they can't get you know, the elected officials uh, to move yet. In Ohio, it's interesting. Issues one and issue two, uh, the marijuana issue was a revision to the code. The voters essentially, the, the voters mm-hmm. wanted to revise the code to allow marijuana. But issue one, I think I have my numbers right, <laughs> the abortion issue was a constitutional amendment. I mean, it was it was an amendment to the Constitution. And even at that level, you have lawmakers in Ohio just claiming that we're just going to we're going to void the vote of the people, declare that amendment to be invalid, even though it was a constitutional amendment they voted for. Right. And what they did there was basically say, uh, well, because it's a constitutional amendment, what we're going to try to do then is change the jurisdiction of the court and say that this is not within the jurisdiction of the court, uh, and so they can't touch this as a constitutional issue. So it was, it was a little tricky what they were doing there, knowing that it wasn't just a revision of the code. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, and we talked about this on this show before the amendment was passed, not amendment, before the uh, ballot initiative was passed about marijuana, because of what it was, essentially a revision to the ordinance, it did open up the possibility for legislators to also then re-revise the ordinance. It was easier for them mm-hmm. to do that. But to think that they were going to look for a way to uh, obviate a constitutional amendment is just amazing to me. <laughs> it really, uh, it's really bold, right? Uh, in a way that um, you know, I think is, is shocking to many people um, because, again, it's the, the process seems very clear, right, that the people vote on something um, and they amend their constitution and, you know, then you accept the results because that's what we do in a democracy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very odd. Um, let's take let's take a, 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 a bigger picture look at this for a minute. Uh, you're a political science professor. Is there... Are elected officials becoming more and more prone to simply want to be controlling with their power as opposed to be working about policy issues? I'm, I'm not phrasing that quite right, but maybe you get the gist, gist of my question. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think this is part of a larger trend where uh, politicians um, either don't accept results that they don't like or um, – you know, they uh, kind of question the legitimacy of things that don't agree with them. Um, and, and that is concerning to me, just like from a, you know, purely thinking about democracy and how democracy functions. We have, as a country, uh, functioned based on this norm that we're going to accept the results of elections, that um, you know, we will be peaceful in how we you know, transition from one party to another, and we're not going to fight, you know, when people want to change policy. 
Um, and so I think this is part of a larger trend of people kind of just not accepting um, outcomes that they don't agree with. Well, we, we're kind of dancing around a little bit here, but we're certainly seeing that with the presidential election and, and how many people right. have since the election two, two terms ago, uh, oh no, I guess last term, uh, how many people have come to believe that um, the results just don't count anymore? I mean, I just, it, it amazes me how many people I talk to, average citizens, not just elected officials, who are saying, well, you know, the those election results were fake, it wasn't true. I mean, if we can't have some some baseline to believe in, it's, ugh, I don't know where democracy goes. Right, and that's what I find really troubling, right, is, um, you know, often we talk with our, as political scientists, you know, we talk with our students about, you know, the basis of democracy and, you know, finding kind of shared values. And it is troubling to me that uh, you, you can't, there seem to be, you know, a large portion of people where you can't even agree on what is true anymore uh, or what is, you know, reality. Um, and that makes it really hard to function as a democracy. I mean, short of a mindset change in the public, and it took a while for the mindset to change to not believing things, so it's going to take a while to get back. Short of that, are there things that can be done to make this concern about legislators in general, overriding the vote of the people and so on? Uh, let me, re again, rephrase the question. What changes do we need in our electoral system? Well, I mean, I think at the state level, part of the problem is that there's a lot of gerrymandering. Right? Yeah. So my natural inclination is to say, like, if you don't like what your state legislator is doing, you can vote them out. Right. That's kind of the purpose of elections. that <laughs> You can replace the person if you don't like them. Right. But because of gerrymandering, that becomes more difficult. Um, but. I mean, being involved in the political process is always better than like putting your head in the sand or you know, just getting annoyed and pretending it doesn't exist. Um, so whether that is you know, showing up at you know, local meetings, starting locally is actually a really good place to start. Um, you know, contacting your legislator, um, you know, just talking to friends and family about issues that you care about, all of that is really important. It, the, I think the key is to not uh, give up hope. And, and stand up and be counted. Uh, I'm thinking here about uh, about a year ago, we started seeing a lot of, in my mind, dangerous trends happening in school boards and school systems as parents began to want to see more books banned and more uh, regulations put on teachers to not do certain things and all that kind of stuff, the CRT movement and those kinds of things. What I found interesting, though, is in the past year, there has been almost a counter movement to that. The Moms of Liberty, Moms, is it Moms of Liberty? Am I right about that? Mm -hmm. There's been almost a counter movement to that in many school systems where people said, wait a minute, this is not what we want. Other parents stood up and said, hold on a second. You got a small group of people here essentially directing policy because they're speaking out too much. It's time for us to speak up as well. And I noticed in that particular arena, the arena of school boards in particular and school systems, that um, there has been at least a small pushback on on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great example because I think a lot of times for things like you know, school boards, you don't pay a lot of attention until like things get um, in a very 
aggressive or is things start to go really wrong. Right. right. But the important thing is to like always be paying attention right? and let people know, you know, I think one of the things that's important that we often forget is to like let elected officials know when they're doing a good job right? not only complain when mm. you don't like what they're doing, but let them know that like you support what they're doing as well. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And again, uh, I've been pleased to see. I, can, I, I should be able to cite specifics, and I can't, although there are specifics, of uh, parents who took control back from a school board, for example, where it had been mm-hmm. uh, dominated by, I don't know what word I want to use. I'm trying to be politically correct here. But it was dominated by parents that were taking it in a different direction. And other parents came back and said, no, we're going to vote you guys out. We're going to put a more reasonable board in. And that has happened in several places. So there is hope, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. There is hope if people stand up and be counted. Yes, there's always hope. Um, What about, before I let you go, what about the issue of third-party money? Is that, how how big a problem is that, whether in a general elections or in ballot initiatives as well? You mentioned that that's one of the concerns that some legislators Mm -hmm. who want to revise the ballot initiatives say, well, third-party money or outside money really influenced Mm -hmm. this. How big a deal is that, and would we would we be better off to to regulate that that in some way? It, it would be great if we could get money out of elections, <laughs> um, but I mean, realistically, that's very hard to do, especially with how the Supreme Court interprets what it means to have free speech. Um, so, it, I mean, it is a problem because it, the way that people kind of consume information uh, means that you know people are not paying attention all the time. And so you know, they hear sound bites, they hear ads, and that might influence what they, um, you know, what they ultimately decide to vote on. Um, so yeah, it would be great if we could have better regulation, but it's not really a politically feasible option right now. Unfortunately, I, I, I agree with you. But if people would simply A, pay more attention in general, and B, pay less attention to the distortions of third-party ads and third-party input, and just pay attention to the issues that people are talking about, um, I, I think we'd be a lot better off. Professor, I appreciate your yep. time this morning. I want to encourage people. There, I, I, I came across uh, uh, Professor Witzel's uh, thoughts in the conversation. You all have heard me talk about that uh, website that I frequently get guests from because there's a lot of good stuff there, and she wrote a piece on this is what caught my attention. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, 935, 25 to the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show. Ann Witzel is an assistant professor of political science at Miami University um, and talking about public policy and how it's impacted in the legislature. And Bob, as she was saying, and as you and I have talked about, we're seeing it happen right now in Ohio as they're trying to com- just legislators are trying to change completely what the voters voted for. And the governor is DeWine. Do I have that right? Correct. Governor DeWine. At yeah. first, I kind of thought he was. <clears throat> Not very happy with the Senate and the uh, what are the representatives or is that what State House yeah. State House, yeah. but you know what I think he's one of those guys that talks out of the side of his mouth too. I think he's not for that and he just poo poos it a little bit. Well, he's he, it's it's his his position this marijuana thing has been interesting. In the beginning, Dewine wanted to he was talking about creating some additional legislation that protected children. 
And I thought, okay, that's that's a fair issue to talk about. I don't know enough about the law to know what needs to be done or should be done. But, all right, protecting children, I get that. But then further down the road we've gone, the more he wants to revise it and he change just thinks, it even more. One of those guys, he thinks he can just dazzle you with the words that come out of his mouth, and it's all bull crap. Yeah. Um, I, 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 as politicians, as Republican politicians go, I like DeWine, but I think on this he, he is, he's um, – He's gone to the side of those who, who really don't want to see this bill in effect, and so he's looking for ways to, t- to, to, to amend it. Again, the marijuana thing, we talked about this when the, when the issues were passed. The marijuana thing, and I forget the numbers, but I think that was issue two or issue one, I forget. It was a revision to the state code, which means that the legislatures themselves do have the right to come in and revise the revision. What amazes me is the abortion issue was a constitutional amendment. Amending the Constitution—that should—that is the ultimate voice. The Constitution. They voted an amendment to it. Did they listen, Howard? No. They said, "Well, you know what? We're gonna. We, we think it's probably not a. We're just gonna. What's the word they used? I have it here. Um, anyways, they were going to basically ignore it. No, we're just. We're going to ignore the vote of the people. It's a constitutional amendment. You know what? And, and, and as, just- as Professor Witzel, I'm sorry, but as Professor Witzel said. And then, then they took away the power, the power of the courts to oversee this. Just in case they want to get rid of that amendment, they don't want the courts to be able to come in and say, wait a minute, you can't do that. I don't care what the issue is. That's just wrong. I it mean, is it's, wrong. Just, it's completely wrong, and they ought to vote every one of them out of office. And, and, and that's <laughs> – listen, Bob, let's go back to where you started before. We voted Trump out of office, and half his people still think he's there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the problem we've got. It is a part of the problem we've got here in our society. 938, anyways, I appreciate her joining us here. 938, 22 to the hour. We are the Watchdog Morning Show, Ohio Valley headlines from Taylor Long over at the Big 7 right now. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 25th. 7 News has some special guests yesterday. Members of the National Weather Service Pittsburgh stopped by Wheeling and talked to the Storm Tracker 7 weather team about upcoming weather events and showed them new forecasting tools to optimize their accuracy. The relationship between the NWS and broadcast meteorologists is crucial when it comes to conveying impactful weather events and getting the word out to viewers. There is something the Storm Tracker 7 team prides itself on having. There are various programs and educational opportunities that you can sign up for that helps out the NWS, like Sky Warm Spotter Training Classes. This helps report weather events directly to the agency and allows them to expand their footprint for weather reports. Pamela Reed, previously arrested for fraud, forgery, and theft related to a false cancer diagnosis claim, faced additional charges. Investigations have recovered new evidence, including forged documents, social media fraud, and theft exceeding $10,000. Reed is currently held in Noble County Jail with a $50,000 bond and is due for arraignment in court at 11 a.m. For a full list of charges, you can head on over to WTRF.com. In 7 News at your local election headquarters, Ohio's primary election is set for March 19th, with the deadline to register to vote being February 20th. We're less than a month away from that deadline. Early voting begins on February 21st, and absentee ballot applications will be accepted through March 12th. As for West Virginia, the primary election is on May 14th. 
And it was a special evening at Bel Air Presbyterian Church as professional wrestlers from MVP Promotions met and gave tips to kids from RL Strength and Conditioning. They engaged in a variety of activities from playing basketball to boxing. Beyond just the physical attributes, the importance of teamwork and community was also at the center of last night's lessons. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Toyota's national sales event is on, making now the best time to save big at your Toyota dealer. With available APR financing as low as 1.9% on select new 2022 fuel-efficient Camrys, Corollas, RAV4s, and Highlanders. Or go off-road in a rugged Tacoma or Tundra, also with low financing available to qualified buyers. Visit buyatoyota.com for more. Not all buyers will qualify for special APR financing from Toyota. See your dealer for details. Hurry, Toyota's national sales event ends September 6th. Toyota, let's go places. Are you concerned about losing your home or automobile if you file for bankruptcy protection? Find out if you would lose any property by calling Tom McIntyre at 304-232-8600 or have a free chat conference with his office online at McIntyreLaw.com. Tom has helped thousands of people in our area. He can answer these questions for you. Call 304-232-8600 or check him out online and have a free chat conference. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Amarillo by morning, up from San Antonio. Everything that I got is just what I've got on. When that sun is high in that Texas sky, I'll be bucking at the county fair. Amarillo by morning, Amarillo, I'll be there. 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, yeah, the, the, the text line is going crazy over all different kinds of things uh, from. Uh, cardiac care and heart issues with we had Dr. Campsy on earlier to the homeless situation to uh, Donald Trump to uh, to eating the uh, to my eating the sandwich this morning uh, the croissant the that the Desiree brought in don't tell Dr. Campsy but I did finish the sandwich all I, gone I did finish the sandwich and maybe because just what this texture says Mr. Monroe didn't your mom teach you never waste food yeah, you can't waste it. I can't waste that food. That's right. 17 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. We have Dan who wants to chime in. Good morning, Dan. I'd like to add two things about the the book uh, banning. Yeah. In the uh, second book of Genesis, we uh, go to a man named Lot. You know the story about Lot? Yeah. From Sodom and Gomorrah, and mm-hmm. his wife was turned to salt. Well, you know what happened in the mountain after everybody was destroyed, don't you? What was that, Dan? His two daughters got him drunk because there was no more people in society, and he got him got him both his daughters pregnant. Okay. So everybody in society, you know, comes from Lot. You know, so we need to, you know, the Bible is pretty steamy, you know, if you're having, like, your daughters are getting you drunk. The second thing, in society where we can identify as anything we want. I think Donald Trump identifies himself as being the winner. 
Well, he does. So uh, we need, of course well, he does. We need, to give him a, we need to give him a break in today's society because you can identify as anything <laughs> you want. I get what you identify as a, I identify as a penguin. I went to Antarctica, <laughs> but it was too cold, so I come back to Wheeling. I, I get what you're going. Okay, yeah. So if everybody's allowed to identify as they choose, Donald Trump identifies himself as a winner. Therefore, we should give him permission to be a winner. Well, that's why I yeah, went no. to the federal pen, because I identified myself as being the owner of all the money in the bank. And, I <laughs> yes, and they said, well, you can't do that, sir. You see, money. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, Donald Trump uh, identifies himself as a winner, except he's not. He's a winner only because, well, he uh, stole things, stole the election, or didn't steal the election, as the case may be. So, yeah, he'll be in jail, along with you. Well, I'm not saying he'll be in jail, Dan, but... Uh, well, the- the first thing I tell people when they meet me is everything I tell you is true to me. <laughs> well, it's never a lie. Hey, no, no, no. You me. know what, that, Dan, that, you're kind of joking. But that's actually a really important thing to keep in mind, especially in this day and age of Trump. I, 90%, Trump, I think sometimes he knows he's telling a lie. I think he believes the stuff he's saying. And I think a lot of his followers believe it. They don't, you know, it's not true. It's factually not true. But but they believe it to be true. They actually, they're not telling you a lie. You know, it's the way you beat the lie detector test. If you're taking a lie detector test, did you kill Bob Slider? I did not. Because I didn't think I really killed him. I thought he was dead already. I mean, you know, it's it's what's in your mind. It's a good point. Dan, thanks for your call, and I appreciate the Bible lesson. Thanks <laughs> thanks a lot. Is that uh, true? Did uh, Lot's daughters get him all hammered I up? I guess so. I, I, <laughs> there was the pillar of salt. I that is a little he, steamy. Honestly, I thought he was going for the salt when he said, turn into a pillar of salt. I thought that's where he was going because I shouldn't be eating salt. Um, all right. Uh, I have been trying for quite some time, as you know, uh, to get uh, – some of the social service agencies, the homeless providers, to come on the show and talk to me. And uh, we had kind of talked it out uh, last week, and then they kind of pulled back from coming on the show. I think there's too much going on. They wanted to hash some things out behind the scenes. But I think now that we've kind of brought some of this stuff to the forefront here on the program. We rile them up high. I think so, yes. I'm hearing from several of the agencies now who say, oh, well, we, we can come on and talk to you. We'll come on and talk to you. Okay, well, that's good. And I'm not making fun of them. I, they had said that before, and then I think they just got involved in trying to work things out. 13 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, might take a minute here again to remind you, if you're looking for a new house, a new house, new home, there is a house uh, going up for auction. The Frio Stack Auction Service folks are having a real estate auction next Wednesday, uh, 12.30 in the afternoon. It is 12.30 sharp, and it is, um, it's a big home there on National Road in Elm Grove. It's a unique home, Howard. There's an office space in there, a kitchenette, full basement, finished attic, uh, first floor office, all of that. And it's in the in the garden spot of Wheeling, Elm Grove. Yeah, the garden spot of Wheeling. I like that. Well, it certainly has good neighbors. You, you'll be in a, a great good, neighbors. You, you get Slider and Monroe all, all around there and uh, Uncle Pete's to eat at and Billy's Bar and some other places. And if too. you're not familiar with Elm Grove, this would be if you were on 40 traveling to Tridelphia, right, right where that light is, right there where the uh, where Respex is. It would be right in that. I think that's the 24 block. In that, okay, very good. You can drive by and check it out, 2476 National Road. And the auction, it, it's a real estate auction the house only not the contents but it's a real estate auction uh, uh next wednesday last day of the month january 31st at 12 30 p.m sharp yeah don't be late being conducted by our good friends jim frio and hey but hey but hey but hey sold 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 <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sorry. I love Jim's it. going, get those clowns off there. They're not doing it right. I'm sorry, but I just, I love that. I love Jim's auctioneering ability, and I love that. Sold, 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 sold. It works so well. Does until the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. What our children believe is just as important as what they know. In the Catholic schools of Ohio and Marshall counties, we believe faith, knowledge, discipline, and morals are more than just words. They are something unique that we practice in our classrooms every day. We challenge our students, not only academically, but in a way that enables them to grow into productive, faith-filled adults, an experience you can only find in a Catholic school. To find out more, call a Catholic school near you. Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the Watchdog. FM 98.1 AM 1600. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Checking to make sure the uh, the cameras are. I, I was talking to the folks around here yesterday, and they said, "Well, we'll show you how to work the cameras again." We, the cameras have been down for a while, so they're up and running. But I want to make sure that for the last segment or so, I have not been on camera because <laughs> you know, I, and I haven't been. So, and that's good for two reasons, a couple reasons. First of all, I got a dripping nose. I don't want to get too graphic about it, but I keep wiping my nose, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, and secondly, that's because, what your sleeves for, Howard. Well, I know, and I, and I do use that. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want people to be watching that on the video stream at WatchdogNetwork.com. Uh, and the other thing is that um, I don't want people to see me eating the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the sandwich as well. So uh, there you go. Nine till the hour. It is the uh, Watchdog Morning Show underway. Uh, you can text me three zero four two one four. 1600 304-214-1600. Tomorrow, boy, I hope McCabe is here tomorrow. Um, this we we have we didn't do a show last week, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm not sure. I think he might have not been around the week before. Anyways, I want to. There's a lot of local news I want to spend some time talking about. So tomorrow, as always, on a Friday, the Friday Roundtable, John McCabe will be here, and our team from Uniglobe Travel will be here. And we didn't do the travel show last week. Uh, they they went out. Jennifer and Bill and some of the others, but those two in particular went to the American Bus Association, and, uh, boy, they came back with lots of great ideas, all new ideas for some new trips and new places to go and stuff. Um, we are going to talk about it last week, but uh, 
the snow's came and we went home. So uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow on the show. Right now, we'll talk about what's going on at the Big Seven with the lovely and talented Brenda Dana. So you did know it was Brenda. I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to get you on. That. I'm sorry. You want to try and surprise me? Well, uh, who do we have on the phone, Bob? We have the boss, Brenda Danehart, is with us. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Brenda. Uh, and how did you know that, Howard? I'm I'm amazed. I'm you know I'm just I, I'm 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 psychic or something. I don't know what it is. That how are you? Hysterical. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, you know, they, uh, one of our listeners brought me a, a breakfast croissant sandwich, and I love breakfast croissant sandwiches. And then as my one of my guests this morning, I had Dr. Mike Campsey from the Cardiac Care Unit at Wheeling Hospital, and he told me to put the sandwich down. Oh, and, and, you did know. you put it down? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Then he picked it back up. Yeah, until it, I put it down until <laughs> the, the doc was gone. <laughs> Well, can't I mean? Can't you have one every now and then? Uh, actually, said, it, actually, oh. Brenda, that's exactly what he said. He said, "You know, have you had a whole bunch of them this week?" I said, "No." He said, "Oh, you'll be all right. You'll be all right." So yeah, see, I, I thought that that was the case. You can have them every. Those are actually my favorite too. My favorite is the croissant, the sausage with a with a slice of cheese on it. Uh, no egg. I just do oh, no this, okay. just the sausage. No, no egg. Uh-uh. Desiree, one of our listeners, brought Bob and I uh, croissant. Sam, I had croissant. I had a nice egg, sausage. And the croissant. I love croissant. I'm sorry. Just I think yeah. that's a you know, and she brought some coffee as well. So, but you know. oh well, boy, that's that's a really nice listener. I, I tell you, I, I I'll, I'll have him, to meet her. I guess I'll send him down your way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd like that next time. What's uh, what's happening? Where, is it still foggy outside? Of you, you probably have been out more recently than I have. Is it still foggy yeah, outside? It wasn't bad. Not it wasn't bad. Now I I just have a short little drive on interstate, so it it's so short that it doesn't even I can't even say for sure. But um, I you know my son uh, had to drive up to uh, toward Pittsburgh today, and he didn't have any trouble getting there. So I think it's just in pockets, you know. So you just have to be careful. And I believe by 10 o'clock right minutes from now i think that advisory goes away so we should be in good shape yeah i think that's right uh adam had all the cameras up while we were talking to him this morning he ran through each of them he pointed out he's like a two mile hill looks clear cabela's drive foggy uh elm grove clear washington avenue foggy and the point was to the extent that it was foggy this morning it was a patchy fog you just had to be careful where you where you ran into it yeah, quite frankly, I love those cameras because they honestly show a lot, and there's you know so many of them that you can really see the different areas that people might be going to. So I think they're they're quite helpful. I'll tell you when I when we're I hate traffic. I I hate traffic, mm-hmm. uh, and it's traffic sometimes is enough to keep me home and not even keep me from going to eat. And you know how big that would be, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is why. Before we go out, my wife and I, I always say, hold on, let's pull up the cameras and let's see what's happening out there. And, uh, Good you know, idea. It, that way I, I know where the, what's clear, what's not, or where there are p- potential problem areas. Those cameras are just great. And all of you can find them at WTRF.com and then click down the drop-down menu and find the traffic cameras right there. What yeah, are you working absolutely. on today? Right? What do you got going on? Anything well, exciting? Apparently, there's a uh, presser. Um, I, I think they might be given an update that, you know, the Conquer the Cones, it's called, Dine Downtown, Collect Cash, Local Businesses. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. 
um, so um, Panhandle uh, obviously uh, sponsors that. So I think we're getting an update today um, because I see that we have a pre- DK's going to that presser at 11 a.m. Okay. So we'll have to see how that's going. You know, are people taking advantage and helping out the downtown businesses, which I kind of think they are. So we'll see how that's going and uh, find out if uh, they need some extra help, I guess is a good way to put it. Okay. We have the um, monthly feature from Rebecca today on the Golden Apple, and we uh, she traveled to Hilltop Elementary to meet a teacher, surprise a teacher, and of course Health Plan is uh, wonderful for giving $500 to that teacher for her classroom. So we'll uh, learn who the Hilltop Elementary Golden Apple Award winner is today. That's nice. Uh, DK's doing something with uh, Sheriff Lucas. She talked to him, and um, he uh, has a new app that he's putting out. So I'm going to find out a little bit. We all will find out a little bit more about that app and uh, why they chose to, to put that out. Maybe it's a new and improved one. I don't, I'm not sure about that. But we have that story today. Um, obviously, um, we have our weather and what's going to happen. I told Bob when I was talking to him earlier, how can you – how can you not love 50-some degree temperatures, even if it rains or if it's foggy? I mean, how can you complain about that in January, right? I, I want you to think literally seven days ago today, last Thursday, was the beginning yeah. of the big storm. We were we were in yeah. like four-degree temperature. I don't know exactly, but, but we were like seven, ten degrees, something it like that. Cold. It, it was, was cold. It was cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah literally so just one week ago. can't complain about that. No. But, but you, know um, what, you know what, Brenda? Some people will. Oh, some people will complain about everything, That's, right? But that is we, my we know that through our many decades of being in this business. I yeah. mean, there's there's nothing new about that. Um, and then Tony, um, Tony Wood down his way, they have their big Marshall County Science Fair. It's always a big deal. They they let the public come in, view the projects, and then they do the award ceremonies this afternoon. So we're going to take a trek down there and see how that's going. And a couple stories up north for Colin today, and then Disney on Ice begins its couple day run, and that their first show is tonight and we are going to go down and uh, watch the skaters a little bit and get a little little snippet of them um, practicing and getting ready for tonight's show and do a little preview of Disney on Ice. Olivia who does a show for us on Wednesday afternoons uh, from the CBB was uh, talking about Disney on Ice that yesterday on the air and she said it's amazing all of the the um, What's the word I'm looking? For? All of this, the, the the stuff they have to put on the ceiling, and you know everything they have to do to get it ready. I mean, the, just the the oh. mechanics of it. It's, I guess it's really a lot of activity. So it should be a good show. That, should uh, be a good show. Yeah. So that's over the next couple of days, and just a few of the things we're working on today. Uh, real quick, I'm only got a minute left, but you mentioned the science fair. Were you a science fair girl? I was not. I was not. I was never very handy with my hands. I mean, I just, my mom always helped me, you know, work on things and give me ideas. She was like my right-hand lady um, all the, you know, all the way until obviously she passed. But right. I never was real handy. You? I, I was not good at making the presentation, the, the displays and stuff. Um, I, I, was good at, I was good at thinking up the questions, thinking up the experiments, thinking up yeah. the ideas. Um, I never won, but I did enter the science fairs from time to time when I was a kid. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I think it. I entered one or two of them, too, and I didn't win either. But um, she always had some fun ideas, and I'm like you. I always knew the questions and everything to ask. Obviously, that's what we ended up in, yeah. <laughs> the business we ended up in, asking questions. Exactly yeah. right. All right, people can check everything out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5, 30, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com. And carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the news app and the Storm Tracker 7 app. Brenda, good talking to you. Always good Good talking to you. We'll talk to you again one of these days. Bye, Brenda. Have a great day. Thanks. 10 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show. Hoppy's next.
darling back home in your 